Okay, hi. So it's Carrie Johnston, and I am recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Ajac First Nations in beautiful Dakota Haines Junction. And my guest today is Sophie Villeneuve, and she is in Kwanlin Whitehorse on the traditional territory of Ta'an Kuchin Council and Kwanlin Dun First Nation. Welcome, Sophie. Thanks, Carrie. And tell us a little bit about who you are as an entrepreneur. What do you do? So I own a business called Physio Borealis. I'm a pelvic health physiotherapist. So just, let's just define what a pelvic health physiotherapist is because uh, most people don't know. So uh, basically I'm a physio, but I specialize in pelvic health. Uh, so that means everything related to the pelvis, the pelvic floor, uh, urinary, bowel, sexual health. So um, that's kind of my, my main work. But since this year, I've been uh, mostly strictly practicing with pre and postnatal women. Uh, so helping them uh, prepare for birth, but also recover from birth. Um, yeah, so that's a very like sp specialized over specialized business. Um, but yeah, I've been having lots of, lots of fun uh, developing my business. And uh, yeah, it's been a great adventure. How long have you been doing it for? So since 2015, basically I came to the Yukon in uh, 2013. I was employed by Yukon government and I was uh, working in continuing care for two years. Um, and then I realized that I needed more challenge and um, I took the, the courses to become a pelvic health physio because some uh, friends of mine were doing this work and I was kind of intrigued and I got the like, oh my God, this is what I was meant to be all these years. I was kind of just like going from a job to another every two years because I was not really finding that passion. And uh, when I, I took the courses for pelvic health, it was just this instant love of like, oh my God, I found it. I found the work that, you know, like you want to read about it before bed. You want to like in the weekend read books about it and hear podcasts about it it's it's just been that like whole world that i discovered and and now i'm so happy to share it um with my clients and like with like different people in the community mm. so what have you learned about your business model during the pandemic what happened to your business Okay, so the story of the pandemic for me was I was um, in the Tombstone's first ski trip over like that, you know, middle week of March where everything kind of was moving really, really fast. Um, so I knew before leaving out of, in, you know, in the bush that uh, when I would come back, it would probably be a disaster and that anything could happen. But anyway, I went into it just with you know, let's just leave all that behind and enjoy my trip. So I went with two girlfriends of mine and went skiing and it was great. And then when I came back, I told myself, I came back, I think on a Thursday. And I, so I still had four days off before starting, um, you know, work again on the Monday. And um, I was like, no, I'm just going to leave my emails behind. You know, I'm just going to try and be mindful of being off work you know as entrepreneurs how it's easy to just oh i'm gonna read my emails quick and answer a few clients you know even if i'm on vacation but i was trying to really be like laid back about it but then when i went on facebook obviously like i saw lots of my colleagues entrepreneurs who had to shut down during that week and were like oh my god what are we doing uh let's create this because i'm part of this group 
Um, it's actually a group I created on Facebook. It's called The Greatest Businesswoman. And it's um, a few, I, I guess we're 30 on that group. And I welcome anyone who uh, may relate to that, to to uh, this group to like try and join in. But um, it's a group of women entrepreneurs, basically uh, mainly healthcare providers um, that, yeah, from the Yukon. And um, on that group, someone was like, okay, let's do a Zoom session to talk about how everyone's feeling, checking in with each other. And I was like, oh my God, like that was the Friday they were doing that Zoom call. And uh, I came back from my trip on the Thursday. So I thought I may as well join because I was just out of the blue coming from tombstones and, and I was like, just blown away, just kind of really like no words. I, I, I was like, okay, that means I need to shut down my clinic on Monday. Um, I need to email all the clients who were scheduled. I need to change my website. I need to change my booking site. I need to find a way to see people through telehealth. Like all these things were just kind of, like steps that in my mind were like, okay, I need to get, get to a point where I can still serve people. That's where my mind went. It's interesting. I, for me, it was not about how, how can I still survive financially? Like it was all about how can I still serve my people? Cause I thought of all my pregnant women who probably felt, you know, very lonely. Um, I knew that, uh, the prenatal classes had all been canceled, that they didn't have access to any information. Um, and they were probably like, oh my God, I'm delivering a baby in a couple of weeks. How will I get prepared? And for me, it was like, how can I still see these people either online or, you know, developing an online course or whatever. So I'd step right into action. You know, how can I still serve my people? Um, whereas I know some people were more like, how can I access the CERB and how can I like do all the paperwork for financial support, which, you know, I, I was really privileged in my situation to not be financially stressed because my partner had a Yukon government job. We have a tenant in our basement, um, that pays most of our mortgage. So I was not like in survival mode financially of how can I pay my bills. So I was able to have that creative space of, you know, uh, focusing more on my offering online services. Um, so yeah, that was my couple of days coming back. And I mean, I've always been someone who falls back, like adapt very quickly to new situations. So, um, so I remember that on Monday, everything had been changed on my website. Uh, there had been a newsletter sent to all my subscribers. Um, you know, everyone, my clients were aware that I was closed. And, and so it all happened very quickly. Um, and then I've always wanted to pro like provide online courses for people from the communities who could not at attend my live classes. So for those who don't know my services, I do offer one-on-one -on -one physio services, um, but also pre and postnatal classes where people can come and learn as a group about preparing their body for birth. Um, and I've always had requests from Hinge Junction, Dawson, and the communities to, um, to attend those classes, but because there are in the middle of the week on Wednesday nights, they couldn't. So it's always been on the back of my mind. I need to provide an option for these people. So I was like, well, that's, I'm off right now. This is the time to record videos, to write content, 
So I jumped right into it. You know, I, I made a little studio in my guest room where I had my yoga mat and I had a little recorder. And fortunately, I have um, also background in uh, movie editing and, uh, you know, sound because I'm a singer songwriter, too. So I had all these skills that I had accumulated um, and could use for this purpose. So I went on Teachable, uh, which is a platform where you can develop online classes. And then I started uh, creating my get get your floor ready for baby class uh, online. So I think it took me probably two weeks to create this class because my content was already all written down from my live class. Um, so I just kind of transferred that into an online format that was more digestible. And then I was able to be like, okay, uh, let's send this to my newsletter and here it is, it's on. And I provided like a COVID-19 discount for people. So it was like, $99, I think. And I got like 30 people who purchased it uh, right away. So, you know, it was just like, okay, let's see what are the opportunities in this situation and how I can kind of bank on that right now, as opposed to just be sitting at home feeling miserable. Uh, so, so yeah, so that was my, my couple few weeks uh, in the pandemic. That's amazing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really truly inspired by all of that. <laughs> I think you're uh, the, you're, I mean, there's a lot there. The, the passion for lifelong learning and like acquiring those new skills is, is really evident in everything you just said there. And, and um, could you just speak to like how lifelong learning is like how you bring that practice into your life? Lifelong learning. You mean like, um, what do you mean? Like your, your, your interest in your curiosity for education, for, for, for learning more? Um, I don't know where that comes from. My dad has always been like, like it's, I think it comes from my dad. He's always been very, very curious about things and very innovate, innovative. He has a business too. And so in construction, uh, but yeah, seeing him like develop as an entrepreneur, I guess, inspired me a lot. Um, but I've always been someone who see opportunities in things like, you know, if, if as opposed to hire someone to make a music video i was like well let's see how i can learn to do it and i never knew where it was coming from but i always knew maybe sometime in life it's going to serve me you know um, and that time was now you know like now i didn't have to be like oh how does this iMovie is working i mean it's not like a professional video but it still works and it provides the information um, yeah, so I've always been like that. I don't know. It comes from the heart <laughs> and even starting my business, um, I, I created this YouTube channel and I was like, oh, let's just show people how to take care of their pelvic health, you know, like, um, why tight pelvic floors are not good, for example. So I make a little video about that, a little tutorial and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like it takes so much time and <laughs> I don't even know if it brings clients to the door, but somehow I was doing it because out of passion. And um, I've had a job in the past in Quebec uh, where I was a teacher for a physio school for a year. And that was really like my dream job to be a teacher. I really love sharing with students, finding new ways to teach, to engage them. And losing that, or not losing that job, but I, then I moved on to something else because my partner was moving to Quebec City. So anyway, I left that job and I had never found a way to really 
get back into teaching. You know what I mean? Cause I had always like jobs where it's like eight to five where you treat patients and yes, you educate your patients, but it's not the same as being in front of an audience. Like it's a very different kind of teaching when you do one-on-one -on -one teaching. So, so through my business, I was like, okay, now I have full like freedom. I can do what I want. I can give group classes. I can create a YouTube channel and talk about the stuff I like talking about. So that was, yeah. So it was always a passion of mine to teach, but um, yeah, finding ways to be creative through my practice, through my business to share that passion was really fun. So what are you learning about your clients as you engage with them and you Connors as an entrepreneur right now? Um, so I have the chance to have a market that's really young, you know, like women in between, I would say like 27 to 40 um, who are, yeah, who want to have children. Um, they are on social media, they are on Facebook, on um, the youngest ones are more on Instagram. Um, the older ones like me <laughs> are more like on Facebook. So uh, the Instagram journey is still for me, like how do I, reach my local market through Instagram because it seems like such a wide, you know, worldwide market where you have followers from all over the world, but you're like, that's not really the people I want to engage with. So, um, so I still haven't found that way to engage through Instagram with my own local market. Um, but yeah, so because my clientele is present on social media, I think um, that's been kind of a nice avenue for me to still engage through the pandemic because I, I can't imagine you know being a business owner and if you haven't developed a YouTube channel or a mailing list or any of the social media that normally people from down south or entrepreneurs from down south will use uh, and then being in the pandemic how do you reach your clients right how do you let them know what your new offer is so when you have that established already like I had already 500 subscribers on my uh, MailChimp list, right? So for me to release an online prenatal program was really easy. I just send that. And then even if these people are not pregnant, then they have friends who are pregnant, they'll send the email, right? So it's like exponential. But if you have no audience, who do you send that to? So um, yeah, so I think... I learned that, uh, yeah, I, I already knew my clients were present on social media. Um, and, and so engaging with them uh, in the pandemic was like key for me to, um, to just reach them. Mm -hmm. I, think, uh, I think that's a real testament to your resilience as an entrepreneur to have seen uh, how to build resilience in your marketplace prior to, you know, catastrophe or the pandemic happening, just like, I mean, I guess that's kind of what you do as a physiotherapist, like get ready, you ready people for that trauma of, of <laughs> pregnancy, of birth, right? Like, so that's like inherent in, in all that you're doing. So it makes sense that you're kind of like readying your business for that level of resilience. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of it too, and that would be my one advice for people. If you don't work with a business mentor, please do. Like I work with a business mentor from Kingston. She's an osteopath uh, who's a multidisciplinary clinic owner. Um, and she was introduced to me by um, an osteo who um, 
practices here, Tana Shefford. Um, she was like, oh, I feel like you'd be a good fit with Jen. Uh, Jen is like, she's done it all. And she's, she's so great at uh, being a mentor for myself. So she introduced it, her to me. And then we worked at creating packages of care for my, um, my mother-to-be. Um, and like, she talked about, do you have a MailChimp list? I was like, what is that? She's like, well, that's, you know, something you use to engage with your audience. And I was like, why, why do I need to do this? Like people just use word of mouth here in the community. She's like, yeah, but you know, if you're always in their mailbox, uh, you know, like just not only strictly sharing, um, promotional stuff, like your programs and things like that, but also giving them information about what you're doing and something that's valuable to them. That's how you build community. That's how you build interest for your services. And she said, yes, it might seem like at the beginning, you're like all doing that for free. And why would I do all this time, spend all this time, like, you know, making videos, but that's how you build engagement and engagement is what will bring more clients through the door. So she's the one who kind of brought that a bit like that attitude. Um, and she helped me through like challenges and, um, you know, just developing my services and how to reach the dream clients, you know, like the ones I really want to work with, the ones that are committed to my services. So yeah, I think that helps to have someone to just work with you and also, you know, gives you the high five when you do a good job and you're like, oh, actually this month I'm fully booked, you know, and you, you're not just alone at home being like, oh, kudos to myself. You know, there's someone who's like, hey, like, good job. You did this to your, you know? So um, I think that's super important to have someone to work with you. And, it, and, it, and then when there's crisis like this that happens, like a pandemic, then you can call your mentor and be like, how do I do this? What's my next step? And uh, not be alone. Um, hmm. I think that's, I mean, that speaks a little bit to what you were saying before. You know, you're somebody who likes to find and create opportunities. And even that mailing list, like I'm a former client of yours. And, um, and I was sitting here thinking, oh, who do I want to interview next? Who, who, who should I interview next? And I was like, oh, I haven't interviewed anybody in health. And then there was MailChimp, like, you know, your, your newsletter showed up and I was like, oh, of course, <laughs> I'll talk to Sophie, right? Like, and so you never know where, where these sort of like, you, you get to plant some of these seeds. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So what are you learning about leadership as entrepreneurs? We're leaders in, in how we run our businesses and in our communities. So what are you learning about it? Hmm. Well, I think... That's a good question. Leadership is almost about surrendering to your creativity. To me, it, it's not about, I want this, like this one outcome out of it. And these are the steps. It's almost like my gut feeling is that I should be there for my clients. So what is your gut feeling? And then, and then just following your intuition in terms of what, what you're, what you should be doing. Cause when I was looking at social media and um, a lot of entrepreneurs were like, this is the paperwork for the CERB. And this is like, they're really, really, some of them were really focused on how to get the money from the government. And I was just like, this is not my first instinct to be spending my time in that right now. And as I said, I had a context where I was privileged to, to not have to do that. But my instinct was like, I need to develop my online course, right? So I followed that. Um, 
so yeah, I think leadership is about having a vision for what, what it is, what that your gut feeling is telling you to do, and then just respond to that and just don't limit yourself to, um, maybe what other people are doing or like what is the norm in the territory or, you know, like if I wanted, I could try selling my programs worldwide if I wanted. And I know this is an option, um, but I just don't, I know the efforts I would need to make to build my fan base and I'm not there yet. I'm just feeling a bit, a bit run down from all this stuff, but you know, I don't limit myself. I'm like, yeah, tomorrow morning, if I decide that I want to sell my program worldwide, I know that I'm going to call my mentor and we're going to make a plan to reach more people. And, you know, um, so yeah, just don't leadership is about having a vision, following your gut feeling, working with a mentor, um, and not limit yourself. Don't put any like barriers. And I've read this book. I don't know if you've read it, Carrie, it's called the illusion of money. No, you read that one. It's by Kyle C's. I think his name is. And I uh, got it as an audio book because I was like, I can cook and just listen to it. <laughs> and he's a very funny, he's an actor. And um, I really like his style of, of uh, writing, but he's about how, um, how the idea of wanting money is limiting your creativity to have more, even more money. <laughs> and so how to create abundance through creativity um, and he did, there's several exercises through this uh, book. And one was like, write down all the things you do, like all the things you do in your week uh, and write on out of 10, how much enjoyment you're taking from it. And then you make a, a, an average of all your numbers. And so if you get like a six, you're like, oh, you know, what can I remove from those low numbers, like maybe scrolling on Facebook or, um, you know, doing things that don't really bring joy and spark joy. And so it's a really cool exercise. And then what are the ones that actually spark joy? And how often do I do this? You know, like going climbing or going mountain biking or whatever, or engaging with friends. And so, and then the idea is the more you have high numbers, the more you get into that, that creative space because you're feeding your soul. Um, so yeah, that book I read like in January or something, I maybe had an instinct that something was coming or, um, but yeah, I think it really helped me to kind of redefine my priorities and um, just lead from the heart as opposed to lead from a place where you want to get a certain outcome for your financial numbers or whatever. Mm. So how are you thinking about your business differently now? Like what's when you're casting your, your eyes forward, what are you thinking about? So you mean in relation to what happened with the pandemic or? Yeah. I mean, you've, 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 you've done so much. <laughs> and so you've kind of given us like you, you've, you've already laid a lot of this groundwork for, for how you've transitioned your business and, and even like talking about a global market and, and turning your like eyes forward. But can you give us a sense of, of sort of like where you're headed? What's your, what's inspiring mm -hmm. you right now? Um, that's a good, I think I'm, I'm due for like actually sitting down and, and writing new goals for my business because now I'm at the point where I'm busy. I have, you know, a good client base. I, I got, you know, I got a good foundation. And so 
I need to almost look at. Um, I think developing more passive outcome, uh, passive income, sorry, for uh, because um, we're interested in having a family too. Um, I'm 35. Uh, I know that it's, you know, now, not now or never, but you know, like as you approach the 40s, you're like, okay, should be happening soon so as entrepreneurs it's um always as female entrepreneurs it's always like an insecurity of like how will i make this work when i'm on mat leave um how much time do i plan off work because i know from my profession that postpartum journey looks different for everyone right so some people in three months they're bounced back and some others it takes a year before they can actually feel good so um, so I want to plan for at least a year off. So right now I'm kind of lining up to how can I kind of build a comfy financial situation for a potential mat leave. Um, and some of it might come from uh, passive income. So that means uh, income from uh, online classes that I've recorded once and it provides revenue multiple times. Um, so I think I'm due actually to call my mentor again and be like, okay, I have sold this program. I know there's interest, but right now, because I'm starting my live classes again, there's less interest because people want to come to my live classes. So how can I reach audience that cannot come to my live classes maybe and, and just kind of generate that, that revenue. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my, I guess it's, it would be my next step for me. Um, I did something pretty cool during the pandemic. I forgot to mention was the postpartum healing summit. I don't know if you, um, had been made aware of that, but it's, it was already in my plans, uh, in June to have an online summit where I would interview like you're doing right now, different experts in the pre postnatal, uh, in the postnatal field. Um, so I still went ahead with that project and through zoom, I interviewed Justin Murphy, who's the owner of, um, Terra Life. She's a great naturopath. She works a lot with, uh, the pre and postnatal clientele. I interviewed, um, a breast uh, a lactation um, educator, um, sleep coach, um, a sex coach, like to cover a bit like the different, the different topics that postpartum women are interested in. And then I released that. So I was able to reach um, their fan base too, because they shared the interview and they shared the summit. So now I guess I would have to like kind of reach out to these people again and, and be like, um, try to, yeah, just try to build more connections so I can um, reach their audience for my online programs, maybe. But that's just one, one thing that could happen. But um, there's probably other strategies too that I could do. That sounds, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, and like, that's, that's part of it, that, like building these interconnected networks, these relationships that comes up a lot in the podcast, especially when we were first responding. That was like the main thing people were saying at the beginning back in April and May is like reach into your networks, draw your inspiration from your peers, from what you're like, you're like, where, where can you learn? Where can you find your opportunity and where can you find your strength? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, so what is your wellness practice? What's been kind of keeping you grounded? Has it changed at all during the last couple of months? What are you learning? Uh, so for myself to keep myself sane, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a, a point of weakness there. Like, <laughs> cause I did reach a point, I think it was three weeks ago where I felt so tired. I went for a mountain bike ride one day and I 
almost like I told my partner, I think I need to lie down right now. I just felt so dizzy and, and I felt run down the whole week. And then I looked at myself and I was like, when did I actually stop since a pandemic? You know, like people look at it, they're like, oh yeah, you were off for six weeks. No, I was not off. I was surviving. I was trying to find new ways. And even though I, it seems like I was, you know, I knew what I was doing, but it was really exhausting and it's very stressful to be in the unknown. And I didn't know, like maybe I, I, I would have been allowed to reopen in September and have the whole summer without income. So, you know, when you don't know when, when this will all get started again, it's really hard to, to keep your head up. Um, so anyway, yeah, I felt really, really run, run down and I realized that I didn't really take care of myself during this whole time. Um, I, in the weekends we were doing home renos we're like yay we have time we're stuck at home let's like put a wood stove in and do tiling and all this stuff and and so I didn't have much rest and um so very like recently this week I discovered uh, yoga with Adrian on YouTube and she's one that I really admire she has like seven million followers She's very like authentic in the, uh, do you know her? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I might be very late to, <laughs> to the, this whole yoga with Adrian thing, but um, I find a lot of peace, um, like practicing yoga every day and just sitting and have this time for myself. And um, so I think I should have done that much earlier. Um, so yeah, whatever it is that you like doing and you, feel comfort in or some sense of peace I think is important to do on a daily basis just to even I'm thinking of my you know mothers such as yourself you know like I'm right now I'm just my on my own right so it's it's easier to find that time for myself but uh like as you grow a family I think like having you know a 15 minutes where you can just be yourself and and just do whatever it is that you like doing for yourself is super important. Um, and that's what I realized now, just feeling like I hit that wall and being surprised about it, but then realizing, okay, that's not actually really surprising. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, you know, you're a healthcare provider, you tell people all the time, like take this time for yourself. And then you just realize you're not doing it for your own health. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's very insightful, and I think uh, I think that's I'm I'm getting that sense from a lot of people. Like as we've sort of like as we're talking about here in the territory, this new normal or what whatever this like next stage of our sort of pandemic response is going to look like, and it, there's been a lot of pretty profound insights that people are experiencing when they've been running, you know the whole time to, to kind of keep up with everything that's changing so quickly and, and operating in such an insecurity and, you know, in such a destabilized way that that can be, you know, it can be hard to stay grounded and it sometimes takes very new techniques to, to get there. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, one day I realized that I was like, and my dad was saying, you guys have never been through like a crisis as your generation, you know, like you've never been through war, you've never been through like major, you know, disease or like the, the Spanish flu or like things like that. And so he's like, it's actually a good lesson to stop spending that much, like as soon as you have a bit of money and 
just kind of provide yourself with a bit of security before you can like get crazy. And I think he's right. Cause I realized, um, one day you're super busy, you feel super like hot in your field and you're like, things are going well for myself. Oh, I'm so glad to be an entrepreneur. I'm so glad I, I quit that YT job and I feel so proud of myself. I have so much freedom now, but then there's something that hits that's super out of your control. And suddenly you end up like being in a very insecure space. So it was a, just a good kind of reminder for me of don't take your practice and your your business for granted and always kind of plan for the worst. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, build build your opportunity for resilience, understand your pricing, understand your business model, understand what it is that you need to provide that level of financial security for yourself and and how you get there in your business, which can be so hard when you know, when income can be variable and you're doing all you can to be creative and like provide your product. And then, oh, there's like this actual business that I need to run and get yeah. better at. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's certainly something we've heard a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs taking that breath and focusing on the back end of their business. How can I find efficiencies in, you know, my point of sale to my website or whatever these sort of things are so that I can open myself up more to creating new product or expanding my business and that sort of thing and not getting like lost in the monotony of the, you know, the drudgery of some of the stuff we have to do as business owners too. Yeah. So it's a gross opportunity, you know, uh, but mm -hmm. I don't know how people did when they have a lease to pay or, you know, employees, they're responsible for other people's income. Like I'm so, I'm feeling so good that I was just myself with my little rent, you know, that was not that much. And it was a pretty simple situation for me versus other like physio clinics who had like 10 people working for them or, and then suddenly had to do all these online videos are maybe not used to it, you know? Um, so yeah, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also can't imagine. And I think it's, um, you know, and that's, that's sometimes where we look to our really small businesses to innovate and be resourceful because you, you, we have a little bit more flexibility and nimbleness in what we do. Um, and, and, and then there's still the opportunity for growth in there. Mm -hmm. So as we, like we're talking a little bit about, you know, this idea of the new normal for the territory. So what are your hopes for sort of what that looks like? We've had a bit of a reset in our economy and, and how we operate as a territory. So what are some of your, your dreams about what that looks like for us going forward? Um, well, first, I hope that it doesn't happen again. Because <laughs> I don't know how many of us will survive, like, emotionally. Like, you mean, like, I a just think of, again? Yeah. Like, or whatever, a second wave. I know some people are like, well, there's never been a first wave. But you know what I mean? Like, a, a second lockdown. Um, yeah, because it's really nerve-wracking to from a day to another having to change your website change everything and form your clients like it's a lot of adaptation and and so I hope that people will be respecting the rules and not you know looking at phase three you know just kind of not getting too crazy so we don't have to go through this again um, and I also hope that maybe there's a little more I think as the what I realized 
when coming to the Yukon is a lot of businesses rely a bit on word of mouth and like traditional business models to operate like you know calling to get an appointment or like <laughs> all these like old ways to proceed or like oh come in the office and uh you're gonna like sign your form or whatever why can't i complete my form online you know like why do i need to come in the office in hours that don't really suit me like that was always like a big oh wow like some businesses are really behind um so i'm hoping that the pandemic kind of brought this freshness of like oh how can we work online now how can we kind of move towards something a little more efficient and provide better services for the population mm. um yeah mm -hmm. yeah i, I yes because like that's there's a lot of that I, I i hope that for us too i hope that we do uh embrace you know, the, the efficiencies of what technology allows us to do. Not all of it, right? Like we, we still deeply need that interpersonal relationship, but I hope that we, we use this opportunity to sort of push our business community a little bit further towards finding efficiencies and um, being more resourceful in what we have, yeah, so that we can be innovative. And I think one big, take, like big advantage anyway for healthcare, uh, providers is opening yourself to work online so you can work with people from the communities and stop being like you need to come in to Whitehorse right um, so I've had a few people from the communities reaching out and being like hey I'm interested in learning more about how I prepare I, can I prepare for birth can we meet through telehealth and of course like there's things you can teach that don't require the hands-on and um, so yeah, I think it, it kind of put the systems in place so we can actually reach more people from the territory and stop thinking that Whitehorse is a center and, you know, you need to come to Whitehorse to get services. Um, so I think it'll be good for the communities. I was always really grateful to you as an entrepreneur for, for coming to Haines Junction, for coming to our community to provide that support. Um, when there was sort of a critical number, a critical mass of, of potential clients for you, which, uh, you know, you were able to find through social media. And that was wonderful. Yeah. Through the like <laughs> Facebook group, hey, people, I'm coming to instruction. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But that's that the great. best way to reach you guys, I found. Totally. Totally. Uh, any aha moments for you? Anything where like you've had a bit of a worldview shift or just like a light bulb moment over the last couple of months i mean it's yeah it's, it's just been like i've said before just the idea of um building online presence i guess and um how it was not all these years I was doing it thinking it's not, it's more like an optional thing. I don't think it's an optional thing anymore. <laughs> right. So it's, it's something we all need to do. And um, I know it's, it can be uncomfortable for some people to be in front of a camera and talking and putting the videos online and stuff. And I guess from my singer songwriter skills and like being used to be in front of people and talking, it really helped me to get out there and be like comfortable in front of the camera. 
but yeah, if you're not good at it, then ask someone who works for you to do it or like find ways to interact with people that really kind of speak, speaks directly to them as opposed to just kind of post articles or post things that other people have written, you know, like kind of make your own material online if you like writing maybe you write your own blog even if you're like oh there's 10,000 people who wrote blogs about this topic well what people want to hear is what you have to say about it and that's what will bring clients through the door so yeah I think big awe moment is try to make it work online try to develop your online presence yeah and I think when it comes to writing blogs or any of these things like you Connors have a really unique worldview as well we we get we have a really interesting vantage and we live in a territory of such innovation the self-government agreements are one of the greatest innovations in canada and that allows us to be you know it gives us a worldview that's really independent and unique from from the rest of the world in many ways and exactly it's our time to share some of that yeah mm -hmm. Um, so you recommended a book, The Illusion of Money, but do you have any other songs or podcasts or movies or books to recommend? Of course, your own music. <laughs> um, well, have you, written, have you written any songs like because of the pandemic? No, no I've yeah. been speechless since two years. I don't know why I, my, yeah, my songwriting kind of stopped when, when I started being more, uh, intense into my business for some reason mm. it kind of cut it's like an inspiration for one project I'm kind of a black and white a bit kind of person so it's like okay now the music hasn't worked or whatever like whichever career I was reaching to achieve like didn't work so I'm like now I'm full-on business this is what I'm doing so I kind of put everything aside I'm still doing gigs so I'm playing the songs I wrote but um, I haven't written any new material, mm. um, but podcasts I like, um, there's one called the pelvic messenger. Is it the pelvic messenger? Yeah. Uh, or, and there's a pelvic health podcast too. It's called, um, and I like it because she interviews, uh, different experts in the pelvic health field and just kind of bring light into the research that's been about it. So I like, I like just keeping myself up to date because there's, it's so easy to just keep practicing the way you've done. And for me, uh, I, I like taking at least one course a year um, in my field to just learn more and bring another piece to the puzzle. Um, so yeah, I really like those two. And there's another one called To Birth and Beyond. And it's uh, by a pelvic health physio in Ontario. And she, yeah, she interviews different people uh, from uh, pre and postnatal care. And, and so that's my favorite podcast. I, I look like a nerd right now, just kind of listening to podcasts related to my profession. I also listen to Q, the Q podcast too. I like that one. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I read fiction books in French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And um, thanks for the opportunity to share about this. I realized I had lots on my heart almost, and it feels like lighter to have shared the journey through the pandemic. Oh, well, thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye.